When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the Week 1 2022 edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Football's really, really back, and we're really, really excited to talk about it as we are every single week. But let's face it, opening day, opening weekend only happens once a year. There is renewal there is hope springing eternal in all 32 nfl cities and i and my buddy brian baldinger are here to take you guys through the most meaningful games of the weekend at least the ones that stand out to us and get you as ready as possible for this huge weekend of football we thank you guys as always for listening to us here we thank our friends at odyssey um and please continue to uh, look us up on twitter at jason lock and for at brian uh, at baldy nfl let us know what you like about the show um subscribe rate review us wherever you get your podcast goodies we will be obviously talking about thursday night football the phenomenon that the kickoff game has become and what looks to be a potentially epic matchup between the bills And the Rams will also talk about a couple of key divisional games, Dolphins and Patriots, Steelers and Bengals. We have some interesting subplots in games like Russell Wilson in his first game as a Bronco returning to Seattle of all places. We've got 49ers and Bears in a young QB battle. We got to talk a little bit about Tom Brady in week one against the Cowboys. And we will also hit on Chiefs and uh Cardinals a game Baldy will be calling Baldy it's it's here the yeah. kickoff game is is huh. is as we record this is just mere hours away and this has turned into one of the big dates on the NFL calendar right this has become something that you circle something that's kind of baked into the NFL cake now this this uh you know critical matchup to kick off the season it is and you know I just remember last year uh, Dallas going to Tampa and, you know, Tom Brady coming off of a Super Bowl win and yeah. Dallas, nobody knew much about Micah Parsons as a player back then. And it was a great game, went down to the wire and it kind of kicked off what became an epic season all the way down to that Super Bowl uh, at SoFi and Super Bowl 56. So it is, it is. And, it, you know, I think the the league does a great job of really combing the schedule hard to find that game that gets everybody juiced. And I think, I think they did it. I think, you know, it's, it's in LA, it's the world champion, Los Angeles Rams. It's the Buffalo bills who everybody, you know, even if you're not a member of the bills mafia, they feel like, I feel like they're one of America's teams. It's kind of hard not to like them. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen is the perfect quarterback for the bills mafia, just his personality and, and just the talent that he has. And, and so I think it, it it has all of the all of the buildup of what you would want to kick this season off. And you know, 
to Sean McVay, look, there's no right way or wrong way to run this preseason now mm-hmm. with all the limits that there are. Practice time and preseason games. I mean, the Rams didn't play anybody in no. preseason. So that that's their prerogative. That's their choice. I, I have a feeling Aaron Donald will be ready to go. I have a feeling I think so too. Bobby Wagner will be up, ready Bobby. to go. Yeah. So I mean, so you you can't really go on much except what we saw back in uh, you know the beginning of February a year ago, which was if you have to do something to stop Cooper Cup, can you do it? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's part of the equation here is when everything else goes awry with the Rams, they still find a way to get the ball to Cooper Cup. And so, to me, if I was the Bills, that's that's kind of where I would start. And so, how do you do that? You know, I mean, Kair Elam is a, is a rookie corner who looks he looks the part, hasn't played in the game yet, right? Hasn't really had to match up. But the best way to keep the ball out of Cooper Cup's hands is to affect Matt Stafford and to move him and make him uncomfortable. And that's really what Leslie Frazier of the Bills defensive coordinator. That's that's the game plan. Let's get Matt Stafford off the spot. Let's hit him. Let's find out if this elbow that seemed to have bothered him at some point during training camp is still bothering him because it's 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 entirely yeah. possible after playing a 20 game schedule last year. Both these offensive lines to me at least Baldy have a little something to prove. It's not the exact same units as a year ago. Could there be some regression up front for these two teams? There could be. I mean, you know, uh, Andrew Whit- Whitworth is not there anymore. Nope. Uh, he was just an anchor for the Rams at left tackle. Joe Noteboom is there. Uh, Joe Noteboom has played well in uh, when Whit has not gone, but that that's a reserve role. He's yeah. now the guy. Um, they have a new right guard in Coleman Shelton. So they have to, uh, you know, they've got to kind of work him in there. Uh, so they got two new starters there. And for Buffalo, um, they're going to return the same five starters that put up 36 points in a playoff loss to Kansas City. So they're going to add a member that from the uh, that used to play for uh, the Los Angeles Rams, Roger Saffold, at guard. So that's the only really change on their offensive line right now. And Roger is just an amazing player. He's he uh, he runs as well as any guard in this league, and he's uh, he's really yep. good in the run game. And so that seems to be part of an offseason focus for the Bills is can they run the ball better? Can they run it when they have to run it? Can they run it to keep right. a guy like Patrick Mahomes off the field at the end of a game? All those kind of things. So we'll see. We'll see if there's a commitment to that because uh, in the past, the last three years, they have lined up in four wide receivers and thrown it just about as much as any team in this league. So we'll see if 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 they try to do that and how well they are at doing it. Do you have a sense that with Brian Dable no longer being there, um, that that they they may be a, a little more willing to play a little more ball control style? I don't know. Ken, Ken Dorsey is you know the new offense coordinator. Yeah. He's been the quarterback coach. He's been around a long time. Um. Sometimes, you know, Jason, you can – like, there are four wide receiver packages, 10 personnel. Like, it's effective, and it's mm-hmm. hard to stop because if you spread any defense out and you have the ball in Josh Allen's hands and you don't really account for him because you're trying to double Stephon Diggs or you're worried about Gabriel Davis or, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, 
Like you might be a man short trying to stop, mm-hmm. you know, Josh Allen from just taking off of it. And, and so it really is a conundrum and it, it's really a good offense. Now I, I think Ken Dorsey knows all about that, but if, if it's about winning a championship and breaking through, maybe you've got to kind of work on some things during the season to get yourself ready for the postseason. Right. So I, I think it'll be different, but I don't think they're going to be a big departure from what they've been. You mentioned Cooper Cup and how unstoppable he can be at times. No Tredavious White. How big of – we don't generally think of injuries this time of year, right? We don't obsess about them the way we tend to as we get towards the middle of the year and certainly as the playoff push takes off. But how, how significant could that absence be for a game that might be a Super Bowl preview? Well, they're they're pretty much a zone team, Jason. So you know, it's not like they are going to isolate. Even, even Tre'Davious White really didn't travel very much when he was healthy mm-hmm. on the other team's number one wide receiver. It's not really what they do. They kind of play left corner and right corner. That's what they have done over the last mm-hmm. four years. With Levi Walls was the right corner and Tre'Davious was the left corner. They kind of play like that. Um, you know, this is a little bit of a departure. Tredavious has lined up the last four or five years at left corner. So, but they drafted this rookie to, you know, become a starter. And so um, he, by all, everything I've heard of and the coaches I know that, you know, coach him on a daily basis, he's got the the right approach to the game to become a really good player the way Tredavious has. But yeah, he's a rookie. So I'm sure he's going to get tested, you know, at some point with formations, route combinations, um, Cooper Cup can twist cornerbacks' feet up as well as any receiver in this league, and so I'm sure he's going to throw some some new fangled moves at him. Uh, we'll see how they handle it, but usually they've been pretty good on the back end. Um, I guess Jordan Poyer is back, Jason. Yeah. After kind of holding out for yeah. much of training camp, but I expect him to be in there next to Micah Hyde. They've literally lined up for the sixth straight year in a row together. We've got the Super Bowl champions, the home team, the team raising the banner as we record this, getting two and a half points. Do, do you have a strong feeling about the outcome of this game, Baldy? I feel like this is Buffalo's game. I mean, week one, everybody can overcome a loss in week one. And I'm not saying that the Rams aren't going to be focused and ready. I'm, they will be. But I, I just feel like being around Buffalo this summer, like they just have the right approach. They're very loose. They're a very loose team. They don't play tight. They don't practice tight. Um, they have a lot of fun. I mean, it's Von Miller has been a huge addition to that team. And just his attitude, his approach, um, it is, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches coach real tight and then let's let's yeah. go, boys, let's go have some fun on Sunday. That's not really Sean McDermott's style. That's not that team style. I think they've got the right approach to travel across the country on the biggest stage. And yeah. play that game. No, by the way, I have a feeling there's going to be a, a few thousand members of the Bills Mafia. Oh, they'll have some support. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, I have a feeling like you're going to hear the Buffalo support inside that stadium. So I, I like Buffalo in this game. I, I like Buffalo because of the approach, the quarterback. Uh, they look completely healthy to me right now, except for Tredavis, mm-hmm. but which we knew about yeah. and they knew about. So uh, I, I like I like the way they look right now. We'll stay in the AFC East, one of the big divisional matchups in week one. My buddy Bart Scott likes to say, styles make fights. 
Miami style certainly continuing to evolve this offseason. They got a new coach at Mike McDaniel. They've assembled a, a track team <clears throat> on offense around Tua Tonga Valoa. I don't know that the Patriots have the athletes on defense, Baldy. I, I don't know if they're as twitched up as you may need to be to try to harness this Miami attack this year. I think this is a real tough spot for New England. Miami hung 30 plus, what, 33 points on them the end of last year. New England defense down the stretch last year struggled to stop the run, 5.15 a carry from week 12 on, and they struggled against outside zone, and we know the, the Shanahan and now McDaniel outside zone run scheme is tried and true, and New England has often struggled to win in Miami where the heat, humidity is a problem. I know they went down there early this week to train in South Florida before this game, but I, I feel like the Patriots might be walking into a hornet's nest here, Baldy. I think so, too. I mean, I, I like Miami. I like what I saw in the final preseason game from that team. Um, the heat is a factor. I just left Miami. Yeah, uh, Jason, it was uh, it was near 100 degrees, which is unusual in Miami to yes. be that hot, but the humidity was just as high. And so um, I'm sure uh, the hydration process has begun. Um, I don't know that there's any way to really prepare for that. So you just better have good depth. Because guys are going to – there's going to be guys that are going to be uh, – tongues will be hanging and IVs will be put in maybe as soon as halftime in that game. Um, I'm curious to see what Bill Belichick does to try to combat this speed. Uh, you know, maybe it's just affecting Tua to make him get the ball out quicker. I'm not sure exactly. But I know this. The foundation to what Miami is doing is the run game. And – you got to kind of a look at it in that last preseason game. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter who it was, whether it was Ahmed or whoever was running the ball yeah. for him. You see the same mm -hmm. things that San Francisco did in that offense, uh, in the run game, in how they cut the defense off, um, how they move players without blocking them because of motions. I think it's it's a tricky game for New England. I, I like the Dolphins in this game a lot. I, I I don't I'm not all the respect in the world to the coach in New England, Bill yes. Belichick, but I I just have a hard time believing that this roster no. is really yep. all that exciting right now to me. Tyquan Thornton's down. He was supposed to add some speed to it. Um I just feel like they have to play a certain way. To be successful, they have to they melt have to the clock. If, yeah, they just have to play a certain way. If they get behind, I don't know that they can play catch up. And so, I like I like the way the Dolphins' approach has been. Uh, I like the work that they had this summer. They they had two separate scrimmages uh, down there against Tampa and against the uh -huh. Eagles. They got a lot of work done. Uh, they break out a brand new offensive line. I, I kind of like the way they're coming together. I, I think the Dolphins are – I think they're a playoff team, and I think they get off to a good start. Yeah, I'm with you. I also think McDaniel, having stood on that sideline in Houston with his buddy Kyle Shanahan <clears throat> with a 28-3 lead <clears throat> over Bill Belichick, I'm not sure he's calling off the dogs, Baldy. I could see a young coach like that, you know, kind of trying to send a little bit of a message to the old dog that, hey, you're going to have to learn to try to stop this thing twice a year because we're going to keep bringing it <clears throat> other divisional game. We've got our eye on Steelers Bengals, the uh, darlings of 
the NFL world a year ago, the upstart Bengals coming within what mere mere seconds of capturing an improbable Super Bowl. The Steelers, we told you guys all along, look, this is going to be a Mitch Trubisky production from the for the start. Yep. We'll see how long that lasts, given the issues on the offensive line. Um, um you know, for starters, uh your thoughts on this game, Baldy? Um, do the Bengals hit the ground running? I think they do. Uh, we got to see. We, you know, Cincinnati re- rebuilt their offensive line yeah. too, and they, Lyle Collins and, you know, Aaron's like all the guys, Alex Kappa, the guys they brought in there got a rookie left guard in there right now. Uh, you know, we've seen. So they got to put that all together. We haven't seen Joe Burrow play since the Super Bowl, but all indications are he's full mm-hmm. speed, ready to go after. The appendectomy. Um, I I really worry about the Steelers' offensive line. They yeah. they addressed it with some patchwork guys that have been around the league, Mason Cole, different guys. They were not impressive at all in any preseason game. They got a lot of time. Mike Tomlin believes in playing his starters. He played them. They were not impressive. And while I believe their talent on the outside at receiver and this George Pickens can be some kind of player, but Deontay Johnson. Like they've got real talent, real skill mm-hmm. out there. I don't think you could just play the Ben Roethlisberger style and just just throw the ball up for grabs, right, you know, right. in two High seconds. Yard, yeah, I mean that's that that looked like a, a real bad movie all year last year watching that style of. Yeah. But I, I don't know that Mitch Trubisky was obviously got much better movement and better athlete at this stage of his career than Ben was. But um, I really worry about. Everything on that offensive line right now, it starts right there. If Najee Harris is getting three yards of carry, yeah. like how many times are you going to give it to him? And that was what he did a bunch last year. Yes. I, I think he could be a really good back, but he needs help up front. And I just don't see it. I, um, Dan Moore has struggled in the preseason. He's their left tackle. Second-year player is supposed to be making some improvement. They got to show him. He's going up against Trey Hendrickson, who had an awesome year last year. Um, I – I like the Bengals in this game. Their firepower power is real. I'm sure that, you know, they understand that T.J. Watt is out there and yep. Cam Hayward is there. And I'm sure that they'll have certain packages to make sure that they just can't tee off on Joe Burrow. But I think uh, I think this is – Cincinnati is, you know, better in the trenches right now yes. than the Steelers are. On the other side – how much havoc do you think the Bengals could wreak? Uh, that front four really got off last year. Um, and they played the Steelers in September a year ago. And yes, Trubisky is, is certainly much more mobile. And maybe he'll be able to mitigate some of that pressure and pass rush. But Baldy, they had the check down Charlie game of all time last September against the Bengals. I think they threw 19 times to Najee Harris. And he caught like 14 balls for just 102 yards. I kind of wonder if that's the kind of thing the Steelers may have to revert to, to just to keep the chains going and just to try to keep the offense somewhat on script and to keep the quarterback upright. Well, I, I mean, it's a possibility, Jason, but I, 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 I believe that the receiving core and the tight ends um, are really talented and you'd be foolish if you can't, but Whether can they Max can they get the ball downfield? I guess is my question. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, is, I mean, is they, Trubisky they, equipped they, to they do actually, it and really have enough time? Well, they throw a lot of back shoulder throws. Mm-hmm. Um, they did in their last game against Detroit, and it, it didn't matter if it was Pickett or Mitch throwing it. Like all those, not every receiver can adjust the ball in the air 
on that kind of thing. But uh, Deontay Johnson's really good at it. Pickens is great at it. Um, Friar Muth can do just about anything in the passing game because of his size. So, I mean, I, they've got real skill out there. So, I, you know, how you play the ball in the air, Cheeto, Woodsy, uh, Eli Apple, the guys that are out there, uh, Dax Hill will be a, a factor, their number one pick out of, uh, out of Michigan. Uh, he'll be out there. So, I mean, it's just a question of right now, Sam, you know, th- these guys up front, you know, Hendrickson and kind of how they get after him. I, they, uh, they can force Mitch, I think, into a few mistakes in this game. Yeah, I, I am with you there, Baldy. Uh, we may see a fair number of quarterbacking mistakes with the 49ers opening it up against the Bears. I don't think the Bears have done any favors to uh, Justin Fields assembling a roster around him that has both of us scratching our heads. Trey Lance opens this season with the specter of Jimmy G over his shoulder, something he thought he was sort of past and beyond for most of the summer, but nope, he's he's still right there. Um, to me, there's a humongous talent imbalance in this game, but it will be interesting, this quarterback sort of situation here with, you know, we know what Kyle Shanahan did to move all the way up to get Trey Lance. We know the Bears made a move as well to get Fields. Um I just feel like one of them is put in a position where all he's got to do is is not mess it up, and the other one might have to be a hero for them to even keep games close. Well, I'll, I'll start off by saying this. I I believe that for the first time, Jason, the Bears actually have a coach and a quarterback together. I believe in Matt Eberflus. I like Luke Getzey a lot. You can see it already in just the discipline routes that they run. Uh, balls coming out on timing, now preseason. Um, but I, I saw, I, I feel like this is a, a coaching group that can develop players and can build a roster over time. Now they're going to line up a rookie fifth round pick Braxton Jones at left tackle. Nick Boza has not taken a snap yet, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this, this is, this is not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. No, you know, this kid's going to go out there against Nick. Now there's ways that you can. You know, you can help out a, a rookie. You can chip them and, you know, you can put a back over there and tight. You can do a lot of things. Nick has seen everything that you could possibly do. They are so deep up front on their defensive front uh, for San Francisco. They're just going to come at them in waves. And so while I believe the Bears are improved and there will be a lot of uh, comparisons throughout the game with Trey Lance and Justin Fields, to me, Justin Fields um, – I just, you know, he might be running for his life right away. And yeah. if that's the case, his game might get away real fast. But for Trey Lance, he, like, I don't want to say go be a uh, a game manager. I mean, that's the last thing Kyle Shanahan wants his quarterback to do. Um, but at the same time, he, he kind of just don't screw it up right now. Like, let's just get some wins under your belt. Yeah. Let's just stay on the field. Let's execute some real basic things right here. The play action passes that they're going to call, they're going to get guys open, you know, so make those throws that are there, um, you know, and really work on getting the running game going and Trey will be a part of it. I, I don't think the 49ers have to get too fancy in this game mm-hmm. against an undermanned Chicago bear team. Yeah. That bears defense has lost quite a bit of talent from a year ago as well. And that, that was the unit that was, was keeping some of these games. And they're going to start uh, two rookies back there. Side. that I like, 
you know, Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State and Kyler Gordon. I like both those rookies, but they are rookies. And I'm sure that, you know, Kyle has, you know, kind of got them targeted at some point about, you know, good time to go after them and how they go after them and see what their eyes are like and footwork and techniques and all that kind of stuff are like. Bucks and the Cowboys, um, obviously a lot of star power and a lot of uh, a lot of pomp and circumstance around this one. Tom Brady, the the uh, summer hiatus from football for a few weeks, he returns to an offensive line that in the middle, um, I'm sure he's hoping isn't a donut, but it's certainly you know guard center guard does not look as uh, ironclad as it has. In years past, and they will play their first game under Todd Bowles after Bruce Arians stepped away kind of late in the offseason. The Cowboys, I think you and I always feel like in general, Baldy, that the hype doesn't really the, the, the sizzle and the stake don't don't always match there. Um, expectations tend to get a little heightened and, and wild and extreme for them. Um, they've got some holes from a roster standpoint as well. Where are you on this Tampa team in particular to start? Given that this is this is certainly different from the previous off seasons, there. Well, I'll just go back and kind of reiterate something I probably said before. But when Tom Brady was at Man United in London yep. back in March this year, after a forty-day hiatus or retirement, like, and he announced his comeback that he's unretiring. I mean, his first first phone call was to Ryan Jensen. You know, who was yeah. you know, being considered by a number of teams and free agency. Yep. And Brady basically said, you know, what what, what do you need to stay? Yep. Like he knows how valuable Ryan Jensen is. Now they're gonna start, you know, a rookie or a second year player in Robert Hainsey at center, which is fine. He was a third round pick. I mean, the Bucs have done well in kind of building their roster uh through the draft. Jason Light's done a good job. Yeah, they've got a rookie, yep. you know, left guard at a Central Michigan who was a tight end three years ago is going to start. Uh, you know, and you're going up against a team that led the league in takeaways a year ago uh, in the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, it, it's it's cause for concern, Tom Brady. I mean, yes, he can, he can get the ball out of his hands as fast as any quarterback in this league. But when he does have to hold it, yep. um, you know, his ability to step up in the pocket is everything. And I don't know that he's going to be able to do that. Uh, you know, you may see, you know, Micah Parsons blitzing right through the A-gaps mm-hmm. in this game and, uh, you know, beating backs and, you know, young offensive linemen and just harassing Brady. And if that happens, I mean, Brady's just going to fall down and go to the next play. I mean, he's not going to try to yeah, yeah, yeah. outrun yeah, a gazelle. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's, it's a real concern. It's a real concern. But, you know, Dallas has the same concerns, Jason. I mean, yeah. when I saw that they signed Jason Peters, I thought – they they couldn't have watched any game film. I mean, you know, Jason is he's a Hall of Fame player, yes. but he's 40 years old and he moves like a 40-year-old. Um, I like I know he's not probably geared to play or start or anything like that right now. Right. But they're taking a rookie left guard uh in Tyler Smith and probably gonna play him at left tackle, which which he played at Tulsa, which is fine, except he's gonna see Shaq Barrett out there. Mm-hmm. And so Shaq Barrett is a skilled, skilled pass rusher. I mean, these quarterbacks, that that could be the story. Like, what kind of duress are these guys under? Um, you know, and how does it affect the offenses? Um, and so I think Dallas, I still don't know who their 
number two receiver is at this point. Right. It might be the backs coming out of the backfield, uh, either Zeke or Pollard. But I haven't seen anybody step up next to C.D. Lamb in the preseason. Maybe they've got something for Jalen Tolbert and you know Noah Brown, some of these other guys. But I'm I'm a little I'm a little unsure about what yeah. they think they have there. Yeah, that's a game that I, if I was inclined to invest in this stuff, I would sit on my hands and gather a little more anecdotal information about both these teams before I wagered on them. I, I think, as you just pointed out, Baldy, there are some question marks there. Monday night, would the Broncos and Seahawks, as presently constituted, be uh, fodder for the first Monday night game of the year under normal circumstances? Probably, probably not, Baldy, but we've got the Russell Wilson factor where Russell and Sierra and the kids returned to Seattle for his first game ever as a Bronco with that new contract in tow. Um, we've got Nathaniel Hackett's debut as a coach. We've got Pete Carroll coaching uh, a team without Russell Wilson in Seattle uh, for the first time. I mean, there's just layer after layer of subplot here. Um, I, I'm not too sure about how good of a team Seattle is. Uh, but th this is obviously going to be must-see TV and the human element here, a big part of the reason why. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's amazing that they were able to, you know, get this game scheduled, the final yep. game of the week, opening day, and, and maybe a game that has the most drama with, with Russell Wilson coming back. Um, I don't expect a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, bouquets being thrown yeah, between yeah, Pete yeah. and Russell yeah. on the field before the game. I think Russell is all business right here. He knows what this game is all about. And uh, and I, I think he's going to be just – I think he's going to be fine. I don't think he has to be spectacular because mm -hmm. I think Denver's defense, you know, can keep the score down all day. Um, you know, Seattle f fans are going to watch Geno Smith play, and I'm not here to – to, to rip Geno Smith, but when you go from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith, I mean, I you know, to say that you're rebuilding, it doesn't even like they need a quarterback. Yeah, and Geno Smith is just waiting to turn the ball over. Um, he'll he'll look good in in stretches, right? But if he's got to play from behind at all, and he's got to be Russell Wilson and oh, look boy. for some mat. Uh, I I think one thing that we should look for is just the body language of DK Metcalf, who they paid a lot of money to yeah. Tyler Lockett. And are they going to get the ball right uh, with, you know, any kind of consistency from a quarterback in, in an offense line that probably will start two rookies in Charles cross, who, you know, is a big time talented kid yeah. and Abe Lucas yeah. who, who looked good in the preseason. I mean, they might start two rookie tackles. And so uh, this is a very, very good secondary that the Denver Broncos are marching out there, led by Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons. They are very talented. And so in some ways, they kind of look like the next coming of Legion of Boom, mm. the way that they can play and hit and, and all the things that they can do. And, and so uh, it has all the drama, all the earmarks. We got to see just the chemistry that Russell has. One thing I saw, I was up in Denver twice this summer, mm -hmm. Jason. One thing I saw after each practice was a solid 45-minute skull session with Russell Wilson in the red zone and his tight end, specifically his tight ends, um, and just going through routes, plays, uh, parts of the end zone, finishing. I mean, one of the things Russell was great at was just red zone offense. 
And mm-hmm. so I'm kind of curious if they get down there, just how efficient they are. Because I it looked like it was a daily ritual with Russell and his receivers. And if there's one thing Russell Wilson knows how to do, it's how to build chemistry with his yes, receiving yes. core. And so I expect to see that looking pretty sharp on Monday night. Well, you just think of the Seahawks over the last decade, and the first thought is, is, is for most of us, is Russell Wilson putting on a cape and just being a superhero for stretches of games. Geno Smith doesn't come with a cape. Like, there is there is no cape. It It is what it is. Um, well, I feel like they, I feel like they were trying to get the give the job to Drew Locke. Yeah, in the preseason, he missed a week because of COVID. But in that last game against the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, I think he, it was there for him to to win the job, and he threw three interceptions that day. And they're like, no, nah, you can't give yeah, that guy the job. No. So I, I, you just realize that you spend your sometimes if you're a coach, a general manager, an owner. Like say say like the Dolphins, whatever. Like you spend your whole life trying to find Russell Wilson. Oh my God! And, yeah, and and they had him. And whether whatever the issues are, I'm sure that it will be talked about between Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday night. But um, you know, on their new telecast at ESPN. But I, I think that they're going to realize just how big of a loss this is, and you can't have some other plan run the ball, play great defense to go win a lot of games in this league. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're in for a rude awakening. Well, Baldy, you will be out in the desert. Chiefs, Cardinals, uh, Kansas City, obviously um, not not unwilling to, to, to make bold moves with its roster every season. That included this year. Um, Tyreek Hill sent down to South Beach. The Cardinals keep Kyler Murray around. They keep Cliff Kingsbury around. Um, Still not sure about how sturdy they are in the trenches. I'm I'm still not sure about their roster and, and their upside for this season. Have some questions about them defensively. I think that's a tough spot for any coach, especially a young coach, Baldy, when you got Andy Reid with five months to prepare for you. Well, we're going to see a reunion between Patrick Mahomes and Cliff Kingsbury in this one. Uh, Cliff coached him for three years at Texas uh, Tech, and one of the reasons why Cliff's a head coach oh, is yeah, because yeah. of the success of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, his success and his, you know, and, and a new contract with the Arizona Cardinals is directly related to Patrick Mahomes. I look, I, I make no bones about it, uh, Jason. My favorite player in this league, I think the best player in this league is Patrick Mahomes. Yes, sir. Now he he has to do this without Tyree Kill, and I think they will. I, I look at what they did with on on defense because of the luxury of having so many extra picks because of the trade for Tyreek Hill to Miami. And while Tyreek was an awesome player for this Chiefs offense, and I'm not going to underestimate just how big of a role he played in them winning a Super Bowl and getting into another one, but they, got a, they had a chance to rebuild their defense with a lot of speed and young talent. George Karloftis, uh, Leo Chanel, I mean, you look at what they've got right now. They are they are young and they are fast mm-hmm. and they will be very good defensively. But offensively, I think they have as good an offense line as there is in football. They rebuilt that to protect Patrick Mahomes. And, I, you know, you can throw out any name, Marcus Valdez-Scantling or Juju Smith or Sky Moore. I don't think it matters. To Patrick Mahomes, right. he's – 
that guy is going to find Justin Watson. He's got to find the open receiver. He just has a skill set that is just rare and an arm talent that is rare to just yes. keep finding open guys, extending plays, all the things that he can do. And I think he's extremely well coached by a whole group there in Kansas City. I think this is an unbelievably tough spot for Arizona. Me too. Like I could see the Chiefs putting up in the, you know, the mid to high 30s in this game against Arizona. And I don't think Arizona can score like that. No. No, I I think they're going to be hard pressed to win a track meet um against this Chiefs team if that's the way it goes. Well, Baldy, it is finally here. Um we couldn't be more excited about the season kicking off and all of these week one matchups. I wish you uh, safe travels out to Arizona and look forward to uh, doing this again next week. We thank all you guys for listening. As always, again, you can find me at Jason Lock and Four on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Um, please rate, review, um, give us some feedback, subscribe wherever you get your podcast goodness. And we look forward to breaking some of these games down next week and getting you geared up. For week two, enjoy kickoff weekend and hope you guys have a wonderful week.